the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Eighty-five percent of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. Satan's pretty cool. Hello and welcome to Fake Ritual. Your guide to pop culture and the occult. I'm your host, Lucas Sloppy, and my guest today is a mother, a friend, and a co-founder of Appalachian Oddities. It's Kate Sweeney. Hello. Hello. Well, yeah, Appalachian Oddities. Tell us a little bit about your thing. Sure. Uh, Well, I have been uh, playing with animal parts for a long time, uh, find, finding creative uses for dead things for a long time. And I think uh, Jill found that out about me and the, co- uh, the co-founder, co-founder. Of, of the shop. And yeah, Jill, Jill Fleckenstein, you can check her out on episode 17. Yeah. And she, uh, it was good, just good timing where right, well, maybe not great timing, but right before the pandemic, we <laughs> uh, f- found a Craigslist uh, ad for someone selling their entire taxidermy business. Oh, uh, wow. in, oh, I forget where, not, but, uh, but yeah, he was, he was right outside of Pittsburgh. And so we went out and we just bought everything he had and uh, aimed to get started. And then, of course, we had to spend a lot of time apart that year because that was right at the beginning of 2020. Yes. Um, so we've just been doing uh, some small-scale stuff of using um, animals that either uh, people we find or people give us and turning them into, like, creative uh, and usually good-looking pieces of art or uh just things you can display (laughs) i love the like the language concerning like a artisanal taxidermy business is just so like how do you say i play with dead things yeah i mean yeah i mean it's what i went to school for so i'm it Mm. doesn't it doesn't sound uh you know i'm a a biology student and i still am and so it's not it's i'm used to hearing myself say it yeah. Uh, and but I do realize when I say it that it is it is an unusual thing to say. Yeah. Well, I think the fans here at Fake Ritual will definitely be down with some dead critters. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, on to the topic at hand. And today we are talking about a very little known uh, television show. Maybe you guys have heard about it's it. Pretty obscure. Pretty obscure. Uh, we're pretty cool that we discovered it. We are talking The Simpsons. And this was uh, Kate's choice because Kate is a huge fan of The Simpsons. So, uh, yeah, tell the listeners at home, the fakers, if you will, you know, why you love The Simpsons and, you know, what it is about this show that you think makes it such a cool show. Uh, well, I've, I've been watching it since I was a kid, so it's it's been a part of my life for a long time and I don't 
I can't give a quick or easy reason of why I I love it. I think I think the the easiest answer I, why I love it is the writing. It's yeah. the, the the writing is what makes it so funny. It's not a, a particularly well animated show, obviously. Um, so it's and it's because the writing is so good. You don't have to even necessarily be staring at the screen yes. to laugh. Like you can have it on in the background or be. I'm doing homework and I have it on and I just have to hear the the jokes to laugh. But um but yeah, so many of the writers like went on to do so many other big comedy shows that started on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So it's just like obvious that they started with some of the best people at comedic writing and and so much of it's brilliant. And they had a lot of really uh, intelligent like writers that didn't that that came from like math and science backgrounds oh, okay. too, which is why um, when when you see it and pick up on it and like because I went to school for that I pick up on a lot of that. Um, I just started appreciating appreciating it from like a really young age. Yeah, it definitely seems like and you know I don't mean this in any kind of derogatory way, but it's like a nerd's show. It is. Like it it has a lot to pick apart, a lot of Easter eggs in it, a lot of jokes that you might miss uh but it's also super quotable and this is as someone that like loves i myself grew up just quoting movies and any big fan of the simpsons i knew growing up because i wasn't allowed to watch it as a christian kid it was naughty naughty because it was you know the downfall of the american family yeah the catholics were totally allowed me growing up catholic we were totally allowed to watch it (laughs) We didn't have, we had rules, but no one, you know, we didn't didn't stick to any of the rules, so. But yeah, everyone I knew growing up, all my friends that were huge fans, there was a Simpson quote for everything. You probably knew some of the quotes before before you had even seen the episode. And a testament to its writing. They are funny. Standalone, yeah. uh, Alone, I don't even have to hear the voice actors doing them if someone's like, oh, this is, so-and-so does this. And then this happens and they say this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's, that's a funny joke. You brought up a really good point, though, which is it is a show for nerds, but it is so highbrow and so lowbrow uh, at the yeah. same time. Because, yeah. like, so much of the flack it got when it started was because, like you said, people who were like, this is against family values and these are terrible children and they're terrible parents. Like, this kid, Bart's terrible. So it was, like, the some of the crudest shit, but then also, like, some... They had physicists on their writing staff that were putting mm-hmm. in these weird little jokes. So I, I really like that it is so far at like each end of the spectrum. I think that is what makes it great. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So, you know, that's what we love about The Simpsons. But let's let's pretend for a moment that an alien visits planet Earth, uh, which also happens sometimes in the uh, Simpsons series. Yeah. Let's pretend there's an alien on Earth and... He or she or they, I get it, yeah. uh, want to know what The Simpsons is. So, Kate Sweeney, do your best to... Uh, we assume this alien speaks English sure. as well. So do your best okay. to tell this alien. They speak English. So, yeah, if it was like... If I encountered Kang and Kodos and they had not yet come down to Earth to terrorize uh, Springfield... I'll try to do my... Impre- oh, they have kind of like deep voices. They have voices, very deep right? voices. Yes. Uh, yeah. What is this... It this was, human show that uh, I'm consuming. If you can get that low, it was James Earl Jones in, in the first ah, in the first Treehouse of Horror. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a really hard one to imitate. Well, yeah, teaser for uh, topics to come. Yeah, so uh, I'd have to tell him that it's a show about 
humans, they, they are like us in almost every way, except they have got four fingers instead of five. <laughs> um, and they are mostly yellow, but there are some, some variations. Um, and it's really just about how we are. And I think they're, they're portraying Americans mainly. And I think it started as an exaggeration of Americans, but that's become our reality because we've devolved (laughs) so much (laughs) since the late eighties. We still have five fingers. We still have five fingers, true, but our, our behavior and our, our country has devolved so much, I feel like. So I think it started as such an exaggeration, but now it's, it, it is really who we are. Well, yeah. Uh, me, the alien, now. Uh, sound, yeah, I guess good country, too. <laughs> I'm trying to, how would an alien respond to that? I guess, like, okay, let's, uh, let's eat them. I yeah, guess. that's what they wanted to do. That's why they came here. Take all you want, but eat all you take. Well, thank you very much, mister. To pronounce it correctly, I would have to pull out your tongue. Okay, well, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, or you said the phrase, but if we're talking occult in The Simpsons, what comes to most people's minds would be the Treehouse of Horror episodes, which... From my understanding, I mean, I've seen some of them, but the best way to describe them is just sort of these non-canonical, like outside of the main thrust of episodes, just like fun Twilight Zone-esque yeah. anthological. They're, they're, like, most of them are anthologies. Yes. Yeah, they're, it's Little like mini three, stories. There's usually three in, in each one. Uh, and in order to test your knowledge of not only the simpsons but of treehouse of horrors i have a quiz here from uh what's becoming a quick uh favorite website of the show funtrivia.com for some reason they're like it's like the less bought one of the least bogged down quiz websites i've ever been on no pop-ups no nothing this is a 15 minute quiz uh on the treehouse of horror not 15 minute 15 (laughs) 15 questions yes uh so, Kate Sweeney, are you ready? I'm super ready. Now, the way this goes, they won't give us the right answer. They won't tell you what you got right or wrong till the, til the end. end. Okay. okay. So, uh, here we go. In Treehouse of Horror 1, who narrates the tale, The Raven? James Earl Jones, Leonard Nimoy, Matt Groening, or Edgar Allan Poe? It's totally James Earl Jones. All right. Not Edgar Allan Poe back no, from the dead. They didn't. They didn't get him. That's like the. Uh, they makes couldn't it, book him. It's like uh, when who uh, who wants to be a millionaire would have like the one multiple choice that was just like <laughs> this is just someone having fun. Uh, question number two in the Treehouse of Horror two: What object does Bart turn Homer into in Bart's nightmare? An electric hammer, a donut. A Homer the Clown doll or a Jack in the Box? It's a Jack in the Box. It's a Jack in the Box. Yes. Okay. Question three. Which is not one of the stories told in Treehouse of Horror? Three. 
Terror at five and a half feet, King Homer, Clown Without Pity, or Dial Z for Zombie? It's, uh, the one that it's not is five and a half feet. That's a later season. Okay. I'm, I'm, we'll find out what, what the end we will. if I'm right. Yeah, this is also listed as a hard quiz. Okay. So, you know, props either way. <laughs> Question number four. In Treehouse of Horror 4, what room does Bart stumble across when he pulls the torch down in Bart Simpson's Dracula? Burns's secret lair, laundry room, torture chamber, secret passage. I think there's a secret patches, passage that takes him into, like, the little alcove where all the vampires are. So I feel like it could be... Secret passage? Secret passage or... Lair? I'm going to go Secret Passage. Okay. In Treehouse of Horror 5, which three people kill Groundskeeper Willie with an axe in the back? Nelson, Apu, and Wiggum. Bart, Mrs. Krabappel, and Hans Molman. Snake, Homer, and Lunch Lady Doris. Or Homer, Maggie, and Skinner. Homer, Maggie, Skinner. Question number six in Treehouse of Horror 6. Who did groundskeeper Willie attack with a pair of hedge clippers in Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace? Bart, Millhouse, Nelson, or Lisa? The hedge clippers. It's he's going after Bart, Lisa, and Maggie together, so that's tricky. I'm gonna say Lisa. I think he was trying to, to chop off her hair. Okay, okay. But, but I just was okay. gonna pick Millhouse because Millhouse always seems no. to like, Millhouse, even if it's not, it doesn't involve him. He yeah. somehow gets. Uh, he's not in the. He's not in the like the because it's it's the what is the Nightmare on Elm Street spoof. So he's yeah. I know he's okay. not in the dreams. So yeah. here's a true or false question. Okay. In Treehouse of Horror Seven, Kang, the mm-hmm. uh, alien we talked about earlier, Kang was voted president of the United States in Citizen Kang. True. True. Question eight. In Treehouse of Horror 8, which quote is said by the sea captain at the end of Easy Bait Coven? Uh, that was the story of the first trick-or-treat, Halloween, Caramel Cod, Springfield Witch Burning. Ugh, I, I can't do much. He does. He has like that typical like, Arr. Yeah, he, he really does. It, uh, this is a tough one. I... Remember this Treehouse of Horror, but I don't remember this quote. Uh-uh. It was, it was, there, there is, it is about like Marge and her sisters are a coven. Mm. So I'm going to say witch burning. It might not be okay. right, but I do know that that was what that episode, that part of that episode is about. Now here's a, a just kind of fill in the blank mm-hmm. uh, in Treehouse of Horror 9, who provides the voice of Freddy Cougar in the opening sequence? Oh, shit. Freddy Krueger. I don't know. It sounded like I said Cougar. Cougar. Freddy Cougar Mellencamp. Um, <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't know. Uh, and I always forget the actor's name who actually. I can have Robert England. Robert England. Is the... But I don't. But I. I don't think it's that obvious. We'll say it to have a blank to fill in. But I honestly have Robert no. England. Yeah. But I honestly don't know. That is. It is hard. That was a hard question. We've got five more questions. In Treehouse of Horror 10, which well-known horror movie does the first story reference? Psycho, 
Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, or The Birds. It's either Psycho or The Birds. They're always doing Hitchcock or Twilight Zone on these. Um, I'm going to say The Birds. The Birds. Treehouse of Horror 11, Whose Bodies Do Bart and Limson... Limson. Limson. Jesus, the coffee is fucking <laughs> coursing through my veins. Whose bodies do Bart and Lisa find dead in the woods in scary tales can come true? Otto, their older brother and sister, Snow White, <laughs> Mr. Burns. Uh, I'm just going to say Otto. I don't have older brothers and sisters. What does that mean? <laughs> That's what he said. These are these are fantastical episodes. They're non uh, canonical. They yes. There's all kinds of shit that's not real. Uh, in Treehouse of Horror 12, who provides the voice for the Ultra House 3000 in House of Wax? And this is just another film. Another in the blank. film in the blank. Wow. I, I know. It's I I have I got nothing. I I should have watched them. When I when I rewatched my Treehouse of Horrors, I should have gone a lot higher up for these details. I just pick a probably just like a, a like a horror actors, you know what I mean? Like a <laughs> you know, Vincent Price. Put in or put a, in Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. All right. Yeah. <laughs> in Treehouse of Horror thirteen, which character does not make a cameo? Does not make a cameo. Mm-hmm. Peter Griffin of Family Guy, Maude Flanders, Homer from the first season, or Hank Hill from King of the Hill. Oh my god. That I, means either Peter Griffin I hope or to Hank hell Hill. It's, I hope to hell it's not Peter Griffin, but I also love King of the Hill. I feel like I would know yeah. that that Hank Hill made it onto The Simpsons. So I'm gonna have to unfortunately say Hank Hill is not it. Damn it. <laughs> that was good. Damn it, Sweeney. <laughs> that boy ain't right. That boy ain't right. Uh, trick or treat. Have you seen that? That <laughs> yes, episode I, of King of the Hell? Yeah, we're... It. Oh, man. Trick. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to do an episode of King of the Hell. I 100%. Sweet. Okay, I will have you back for that. All right, two more questions. Okay. In Treehouse of Horror 14, who provides the voice of Professor Frank Sr. in Frankenstein? Hmm. Albert Brooks, Hank Azaria, Jerry Lewis... Or Harry Shear, the indomitable Harry Shear, who provided so say, many voices. I'm gonna say Al Brooks because all the other ones are such regulars, and then uh, yeah. In the first season of The Simpsons, who tells the very first ghost story? Bart, Homer, Grandpa Simpson, or none of the above? I think none of the above. I think Marge tells the first Marge. one. All right, are you ready? Yes. Drum roll in the background, <laughs> not on the table in front of us. Oh, I can hear it in my head. There it is. Yes. I can see the red where I got. You the got wrong. nine out nine of out fifteen. Okay, that's the average score is eight out of fifteen, okay. so above average. Slightly above average. And we're just gonna I'll go through it. the ones you didn't get. Okay. And. Yeah, they usually have just like a little yeah, a little write up here. So, okay. question four in Treehouse of Horror four: What room does Bart stumble across when he pulls? Was it the was the, it the a torch. layer? It was. It was a laundry room. A laundry room. Bart okay. later found the secret layer uh, by spotting a large neon sign that pointed the way layer. to it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't feel bad about that one then. In question eight. Uh, which quote is said by the sea captain mm-hmm. at the end of Easy Bake Coven? The correct answer was caramel cod. 
caramel cod. Caramel that was, cod. That was my like. I was like. That I was, was I the was story like, of the first caramel cod. Caramel cod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I buy it. Okay. Hey, Captain McAllister didn't begin telling a story, but somehow he finished <laughs> it. <laughs> That's what. Again, case in point, I'm like, I don't even really know that mm-hmm. episode, but yeah. that sounds funny to me. Yeah. I know that character yeah. enough. Uh, question 10 was which movie, which horror movie does the first story reference in, in uh, Treehouse of Horror? 10. It was, I know what you did last it summer. Like, no, wow. In this story, I know they're, what you did, 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 diddly, Italy did. <laughs> uh, so they were creeping up into the 2000s. I, mm. I, I was like, that seems like too soon for that reference, but I guess not. Yeah, it says Ned Flanders dresses as the fisherman from I Know What You Did Last Summer, okay. and the Simpsons have to figure out who he is before it's too late. Okay. <laughs> I love Flanders. Oh, man. Uh, question 11. Uh, whose bodies do Bart and I think I said Limpson? Limpson. Lisa Simpson, yeah. fine, dead in the woods. Oh, yeah. Their, their older They're brother and sister. Simpson. Okay. In this Hansel and Gretel parody, Bart and Lisa find their older siblings in the woods after being kicked out of their pumpkin house. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, just like, worth just stopping for a second to talk about, like, I love the canon versus non-canon. Mm-hmm. It just allows for so much fun. Because you were saying before we recorded that these Treehouse of Horror episodes were sort of what, like, got, got you into, into the Simpsons. It, yeah. And it probably is because they got to have so much fun with it. They didn't have to, the people who were writing it weren't boxed in by like, we're we're in this state that nobody knows what state we're in. And yeah. we're like, you know, he loves beer and she's a, she's a pain in the ass. Like they were just like, we can just go fucking crazy with it. And it kind of gives you a chance to explore the characters more. Yeah. Like, and really, because if, if The Simpsons has anything on lock, it's those characters mm-hmm. that just, you can kind of imagine how they would react yeah, you know, and, and they have so many to play with too. They have yeah. a whole town, and they get to make them do whatever in these ones. Yeah, and make up older brothers and sisters. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Question twelve was uh, who provided the voice for the Ultra House three thousand? Uh-huh. It was Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Matthew Perry from Friends also has a quick cameo as one of the voices that Marge tries out for the Ultra House three thousand. Uh, question 14 was who provides the voice of Professor Frank Sr. in Frankenstein? It was Jerry Lewis. Because oh. isn't Frank, isn't, isn't he the like, he kind of has a Jerry Lewis. Yeah, or I, I guess, guess I should have thought of that. Yeah, like, yeah, Professor Frank, the one we know, has that very, it like. Says. Jerry yeah. Lewis is the, man, is the man that the original Professor Frank Jr. was made to sound okay. like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was the that was the last one you got wrong. So congrats. You I didn't get Skeet Ulrich right. Well, no, that was the that was the Pierce Brosnan. That was Pierce Brosnan. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we did wait. So we got we got Robert England right. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, wow. Or you did. You did. I didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean a half <laughs> half point. You had to help me with the name. I'm smarter than a devil. I'm smarter than a devil. You are not smarter than me. I'll see you in hell yet, Homer Simpson. Not likely. <laughs> Yeah, as far as, you know, Treehouse Horror is non-canon, but let's get a little more into, like, the canonical aspect of The Simpsons and the weirdness within there. And in order to do so, I found 
some very, for lack of a better word, stupid fan theories that have circulated on the internet, and we can just go through these, see what we think of them, and, uh, you know, maybe have our minds blown. Yeah. Well, the first one I came across was that Homer is in a coma. Now this, he was plunged into a coma in the 1993 episode of, so it comes to this, a, a Simpsons clip show after a vending machine falls on him. And even though Homer wakes up at the end, all the episodes after are merely conjured in Homer's unconscious mind. Uh, like, and they, they base this on the fact that they get more and more surreal as the series go goes on. Uh, they say that when he wakes up, this will mark the end of the series as time then begins again as normal. And then also uh, in the episode Homer the Heretic, uh, Homer talks with God and has the following exchange. God, I got to ask you something. What's the meaning of life? Homer, I can't tell you that. Come on. You'll find out when you die. I can't wait that long. You can't wait six months? <laughs> and that according to this article, aired around six months before Homer was crushed by the vending machine. Okay, so it fit the timeline. Yeah, so okay. Kate Sweeney, what do you... Well, first off, what do you think about fan theories, and what do you think about that fan theory? I think The Simpsons, there's so many seasons of it that, like, at, at one point, I think fan theories made sense. But now that it's been going on for, like, 30 years, and especially because they, like, they, they brought, like, modern tech into it like there were iphones and stuff like as far as i know from like newer seasons i think i think then it falls apart like just like you said like like is if, if everything's fantasy for homer he's not fantasizing about an iphone like yeah like yeah so, i mean I, but, I mean that's a nitpicky detail but um I, I, I like the idea of this one especially because they've played around with the uh, different characters already. I think maybe before this, Bart uh, gets hit on his bike and comes out of his body. And uh, uh, one of my favorite lines, cool man, I'm dead. Oh, yeah, uh, cool man, I'm dead. I have yeah. that patch on my vest right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but so I, I like that they've they've done it. And I think this theory is like going like whole hog into it. But uh in general, I like them. I find all the, the fan theories interesting, but I don't. I don't think they uh, they hold their weight, especially when they have to get stacked up against. People probably came up with these theories like maybe first ten seasons of the show, and then yeah. they didn't think there'd be twenty more seasons. Totally, you can't keep the ruse going for twenty seasons. Well, then maybe this next fan theory okay. will uh, you know work a little better for you. Uh, that Springfield is stuck in a time loop. Uh, that the world outside Springfield evolves while those in the town are stuck in some sort of time loop. The world changes. Springfield remains the same. Ex an example being uh, that in the episode, I think, called The Italian Mob, when we catch up with Sideshow Bob, uh, the Simpsons are all the same, but Sideshow Bob is now the mayor of a small Italian village and has a wife and a child that have, like, somehow grown up. Uh... So the town of Springfield is in a time loop. Yes. As if it's That's a why they never age. Okay. And I mean, this... I like this one. Yeah. And, and like, you know, it becomes 
literal in the 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 Simpsons movie when the town is trapped in a bubble. Mm, so yes. I mean, you know, just that's a very small thing. But uh, but when you said that a time loop and it's just Springfield, I'm like, okay, they're in this little bubble. Oh wait, they actually put them in a real bubble. Yeah, that was the whole plot of the Simpsons movie. It's like maybe yeah, maybe they've heard about these fan theories because sometimes that happens. You right. know, it's like No, I I like this one, especially because I'm not really that familiar with that the episode you're talking about. Where with I, I can't I can't remember this episode with Sideshow Bob and his family, but I love it. I like this one. Well the both of these and kinda as we've talked about, these have alluded to something we brought up before we recorded here too, and that is sort of the overarching theory uh pertaining to the pr- many predictions yes. that the Simpsons have made and yeah. also Freemasonry. Do yeah. you, and could you shed some light on? I don't, I, I don't personally, I, I won't pretend that I have any vast knowledge of, of Freemasons. Yes. I think I have a really loose idea. That's exactly what a Freemason would say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, and I, this is the only fan theory I was aware of going into this podcast, which was that the, the, well, they're they're tied together. That Matt Groening is a Freemason. Yes, and that is why so many predictions have 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 occurred, and that made me think, like, well, why? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> what, and, well, to how what is end? It connected. Yeah, and Who then benefits? when I looked into it just a little bit, um, that one of the theories people have about the the Freemasons and that this organization has existed in the shadows for hundreds, maybe plus years, I don't know. But their influence is such that they that, that they control media. Okay. And yeah. so that means that at least in terms of some of the predictions that came true that were like uh entertainment related or or political, like mm-hmm. Trump getting elected that they truly influenced it. And if that was part of some grand scheme that the Freemasons have had, and if Graining was in on it, <laughs> then he would know. He's like, well, let me just go ahead and hide these little things in my show. Uh, that that's, that's what I got out of that. So do you believe it? No. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's, it, is, it is a numbers game. Yeah. If you yeah. are around for so long as a show... You're bound to to predict things. I can't remember who it was though. The one thing that I think that really trips me out is they accurately predicted someone winning the Nobel Prize before they did, and I think mm. it was years before they did. That's kind of crazy. I can't yeah. wish I could remember who it was. And of course, you have to do years and years and years of research. To, or yeah. maybe I guess it, I don't know if it's. I, I of course my mind always goes to science, but. Um, if someone's humanitarian or whatever, you've obviously been doing hard work for a long time. So that's also, I guess, not that crazy if I think about it. Yeah. But but that one is the one that got me the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're always... Uh, there's always someone lurking in the shadows, I guess. All right. Well, here's yeah this this last very real... Fan theory. I'm fully behind this one. And that is that there are multiple Hans Molman. Uh, that the love, as, as it puts it here, the lovable but unlucky character is actually part of a large group of Hans Molman clones. Because he's often getting into many situations that would probably kill any other. And from car crashes to being kicked into oblivion by robots. And according to one Reddit commenter, this is 
a pull quote of theirs. They are a race of human-mole hybrids that live under Springfield. In their gradual attempts to take over the world, they are taking up jobs one by one in Springfield. Luckily, though, Homer's shenanigans kills them off as fast as they can come to the surface. I think it's legit. And I had not heard this one before, but I do love it. Uh, and, and I didn't even really think about how, I mean, I do know he's always getting hurt. Like the football, <laughs> the football, the crotch. I just made my last payment. <laughs> the treehouse of horror. Yeah. Cause he's Bart's like, Otto, there's a, there's a gremlin oh, on the yeah. side of the bus. <laughs> and it's just Hans Mullen and his gremlin yeah. in his little car. I just made my last, last payment. And he like bumps the tree super light. Yeah. And then it just explodes. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then he's 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 at an AA meeting, and he's like, I'm, forget the age, he's like, I'm 27 yeah. years <laughs> yeah. old. But, uh, but yeah, no, oh, this, this Homer, one, that's not Bart, that's Hans Molman. <laughs> Can we keep him? Tastes like a peanut. It tastes like a peanut, <laughs> yeah. Or, of course, the one that me and Erica, my fiancé, now fiancé, for the fakers at home, I got engaged, but anyways, we'll move on from that point. Uh, whenever he shows that, that film, the... Man getting hit by the football. football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doink. Like that little. Yeah. Hans Molman is a American treasure. So I am fully behind the idea that I'm into it. And I did not even many. put together as much that, like you said, he probably would get killed by a lot of the things that happen. Like uh, a Kenny before there was South yes. Park. Like, Simpsons did uh, it. Simpsons, Simpsons did, it. did it. Yeah. In, in truth. And mm-hmm. so that this one is the best theory of all of them. And it's the one I'm going to choose to believe. Because who would not want there to be many Hans moments? Yeah. So, I mean, any other final thoughts on The Simpsons? Something to leave the fakers with? Uh, it's It's so special to me. And it's how uh, my partner and I fell in love, basically. Uh, We, at the, like, he lived up the street from the Bloomfield Pool, and we would go swimming, and we would go back to his house and get stoned and watch The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's that's how we we fell in love. And it it worked for us, and maybe it'll work for you, too, uh, when the public pool's open again. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is our... We don't have religion in our home. We have, like, we quote The Simpsons. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> nice. it's there, there are, there's, you know, there's a, there's a quote for anything. Yes. Um, Simpsons is your religion. It is. Uh, it's something that Ben says seriously all the time. And I, you know, I'm like, oh, that's, that's funny. But if I really think about it, I mean, I was raised with religion and that's supposed to be what, you use as a yeah. guide yes. for living yeah. your life. Different and, moments have uh, things you can scripture yeah. you can you can reference. Yeah. yeah. And so we don't we don't reference that. We we reference the Simpsons. It's our it's our little guiding force in our house. And our son really likes the Simpsons too. He's only three, but he's he's got good taste so far. Hell yeah. He's obsessed with Halloween skeletons. Yes, yes. You know, he likes creepy stuff. Uh, faker in the making. Yes. Well, yeah, I guess if I had any final thoughts on The Simpsons, uh, yeah, just if you can find any other references or any other occult stuff, send it our way. Yes. Uh, you know, and just, I guess just watch The Simpsons with a little more of an occult eye and, you know, see what you can dig up. But thank you, Kate, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, anything to promote? Any way that people can get a hold of you? Anything going on? Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, uh, if you have Instagram, um, I'm Appalachian Oddities on Instagram. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, for us, you can follow us on Instagram at Fake Ritual and visit the website, fakeritual.com. Might be adding stuff soon, hopefully, if I can uh, yell at myself enough to get new things up there. But, anyways, check out the old articles and most importantly, Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. I love seeing more stars added, and I need some reviews written. Like, if you love me at all, you will do this for me. Uh, no pressure, though. And, uh, yeah, send. I mean, also, we have an email, fake.ritual.inc at gmail.com if you want to uh, slide into the DMs and be on the show or, I don't know, send me cool stuff or weird Simpsons fan theories. Uh, but other than that, uh, you've listened to the show, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what we do at the end here, right? We, we send the fakers off with a one, two, three. Go fake yourselves. Oh, yes. You ready that to do it? it? Yes. All right. Well, one, two, three. Go, Go fake yourselves. Bye. Who's that goat-legged fellow? I like the cut of his jib. Uh, Prince of Darkness, sir. He's your 11 o'clock.